Hey everyone, welcome to the Naz Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here you will listen to the preaching pastor from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray you are inspired by their teachings. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Pastor Jacob. I am the lead pastor of Hope Central Church. Um, and if you don't know who I am, and we'll kind of give you a little background, we have been partnering with the Naz over about the last eight months. And uh, Dale and I were talking a little bit, and he uh, offered me the opportunity to come and speak with you today. And so I am thankful for everything that we have been a part of over the last eight months. And if you don't know it, you have an awesome pastor in Pastor Dale. Uh, Yeah, give him a round of applause. I say that to say this. He is a man that I I have learned from, I have grown from. He has invested me. I appreciate him giving me this opportunity. And he is a man who sincerely wants to see the kingdom of God move forward. And so I wanna say thank you to Pastor Dale. Thank you for having me today. And uh, we're gonna be diving in as we continue the series, Rivers and Roads that you have been working through. And we're gonna be in Acts 27. But before we get there, I wanna give you a little bit of a context for where we are and where we've been coming from. So uh, last week when Pastor Dale left off, uh, our story today picks up about two years later. Um, Paul has spent time in the house of Felix. Felix is the governor of Caesarea. And as he's been uh, in house arrest, essentially, he has been spreading the gospel to anybody who will listen. Anybody who would come into his house, he would share the gospel with him. He was there for about two years, and then Festus came, and he took over, and he began preaching the gospel to Festus. It's like anybody who would listen, Paul would preach the gospel to. But while Festus was overseeing Caesarea, the Jews came and the Jews said, we want to put this man on trial in Jerusalem. And Paul didn't want to go to Jerusalem because he knew that that's where he would be murdered. He would be killed if he went to Jerusalem and he had a mission. He wanted to get to Rome. And I love Paul here because he's, he's so, so methodical. He goes, hold on, I am a Roman citizen. So therefore, I appeal to Caesar. I want to see Caesar. Paul was strategic in his planning here because he knew that if he could get the gospel to Rome, and he knew that if he could get it to Caesar, it would spread like wildfire through the known world. And so then King Agrippa comes and he wants to hear Paul's story. And Paul shares his testimony. He shares his struggles and his trials And Agrippa looks at him and he goes, you really think you could convert me that easy? And Paul goes, well, not really, but it was worth a try. And I'm gonna keep preaching the gospel to anybody who will listen. And so they put him on a ship from Caesarea and they go out and they begin to leave and they land on this island called Crete. And weather is getting bad, it's getting towards winter. And they say, listen, we need to weather the storms and weather the sea, we need to do it at Crete. And everybody's like, no, it's way more relaxing at the next harbor. Let's just get to the next harbor. And Paul's like, this is a bad decision. So they ignore him. And they go on ahead. And they find themselves in the middle of the sea. And when the story picks up that we're in, they've been in this storm for about 14 days, being tossed back and forth. Has anybody ever been on the sea during the storm? or bad waves, anybody? It is terrible. And then seasickness kicks in and you can't hold anything down and you feel miserable. And so in the midst of all this, 
you're hungry, you're tired, you're wet, and it's dark and you can't see anything. On top of that, you're on, on the ship with another 270 guys. And they all stink and they're smelly. Like you're not in a good place. And so this is where our story picks up. And so we're going to be in Acts 27, verse 18. So if you will, stand with me as we read the word of the Lord. But scripture says this. The next day, a gale force wind continued to batter the ship. The crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. Do you ever feel like your hope is gone? No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. Don't you love those people you travel with? Like you should have listened to me. We know, we know, but we're here now. And so what are we gonna do? Should have listened to me. He said, you would have avoided all of this damage and loss, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the God whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God, it'll be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Bow your heads with me. Dear Lord God, as we dive into this passage of scripture, we pray that you would enlighten our hearts and our minds to the things of you. We pray that your spirit would be poured out on men and women alike, Lord God, that we would see all that you have for us. And we pray, Lord God, that in this moment, we would be able to understand to whom we belong and to whom we serve. In your mighty name we pray, amen. The first thing I want you to understand today is this idea of a loss of hope, a loss of hope. Over the last year, we have, we have seen a loss of hope. We have battled against keeping our hope in the midst of a global pandemic, there has been uncertainty. And then on top of that, you have political unrest and then you have this, the trouble in the Middle East and there's a lot of reasons to feel hopeless. For me, my biggest struggle during COVID was that I was an extrovert. Do we have any extroverts out there? You just love people, right? I'm an extrovert. And so while everybody else was worried about COVID, for me, I sat, I sat at home in quarantine, terrified and anxious and depressed. I thrive when I'm around people. I love being around people. I love being social. That's where I get my energy from. My wife, on the other hand, she's an introvert and she gets to work from home now because of COVID. And she's like, this is great. I just, I can be by myself, except for when the kids are bothering her. But, but it was a dark time for me. I was a new pastor. I had just taken over the church in October of 2019. And in 2020, I get a global pandemic and I don't even really know how to be a pastor yet. And I'm, I find myself trying to pastor through a global pandemic. And on top of that, I can't do the things I love to do as a pastor. 
I can't go visit people. I can't hug people. I can't shake their hands. And so we all struggled with this sense of hopelessness over the last year. But it's interesting, that was actually one of the driving forces behind our church's name. Our church's name is Hope Central Church. And the reason we settled on this name is because we wanted to be a center of hope in our community. And so it only fit that we would be Hope Central. And so we settled on this name. But we wanna see the context of, of where the sailors are. The sailors are here and they have no sun, no moon, no stars. In those days, that's how they navigated the seas. And so they are in utter darkness and they don't have any light to guide their path. You ever feel that way? You ever feel like you're in a storm? You ever feel like you're, you're broken and you're lost and you're hurting and maybe you feel a little abandoned and maybe you feel tossed back and forth and maybe you can't see the night from the day and there's chaos? I'm here today to tell you and to inform you and to show you that we serve a God that not only cares for you, but he is the very God who spoke light into existence. In Genesis, we see this passage from the very beginning. One of the first things God did was ensure that there was light in the world. And in Genesis 1, 1 through 3, scripture says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. Sound familiar to what these men are in? This storm that they're in? Maybe it's something you can even relate to in your own spirit. There's this, there's this darkness. But the spirit of God is still there. And he's still hovering and he's still drawing you in and he's still pulling you forward and he's still compelling you and he's still saying, come to me. But the spirit hovered over the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. As we sit in darkness, we have to understand that there is a God that not only speaks light into existence, but he is pulling you towards the light. He is compelling you towards the light. So whether you're in darkness or whether you're in a storm or whether you're tossed back and forth, you can know that there is a God who wants to know you. There is a God who deeply loves you and cares for you. And maybe you're here and you're wondering, what is the purpose of my storm? What is the purpose of my depression and my anxiety and my fear and my pain and my struggles? The purpose is that God is working those things for your good. And you say, Jacob, he's not working those things for my good. How can something good come from this? But I want you to see what James says in James 1, 3 through 4. That when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The first thing that I want you to see today is that your storm is perfecting your faith. Your storm, your struggles, your trials, your broken heart, your pain, your adversity, it is making you stronger. I'm a weightlifter. 
I love lifting weights. It's what I do. I have way more weightlifting equipment in my garage than anybody should probably have. My wife keeps telling me to sell stuff. I keep buying more stuff. But here's something I understand. I get stronger when I struggle with something. And when I stop struggling with it, I add more weight on and I get stronger in adversity. Your storm is perfecting your faith. But don't be mistaken. Just because it's perfecting your faith doesn't mean that Paul wasn't afraid in the moment. You you know, Paul kind of comes onto the scene and he sounds like he's bold and he's courageous, but he was undoubtedly fearful. And you say, well, how do you know he was fearful? Because the first thing the angel said to him was, don't be afraid. Why would he have a reason to be afraid? Well, he's in the ocean. He's being tossed back and forth. He's fearful. But before he could speak a word of courage, before he could look at the sailors and say, take courage, he first had to be encouraged by the word of the Lord. Let me ask you today, Are you taking courage? Are you being encouraged on a daily basis by the word of the Lord? Are you striving for who he is? How do you deal with these things? How do you wrestle with these things? What is moving you forward? This brings us to our next point. Your storm, your your trials, your struggles reveal who you belong to and who you serve. Who do you belong to today? Who do you serve? In psychology, they would call this a, they would call it a coping mechanism. How we deal with stress and anxiety and depression and the trials of this life, they would call it a coping mechanism. And we all have some form of coping mechanism and some are healthy and some are unhealthy. Maybe how you deal with life is is through alcohol or drugs or pornography or gambling. Or maybe yours is a little bit more lighthearted. You just need a good pumpkin spice latte and your favorite TV show, and that will do you for comfort. For me, it's a whole box of Little Debbie's. That's right, I tell everybody, I love my little Debbies. She is the most faithful woman in my life outside of my wife. She has never let me down. It's not the healthiest coping mechanism, but it makes me happy. That's why I have to lift more weights. But in your hard times, it reveals who you belong to and who you serve. How are you dealing with life? Are you coming before an almighty God? Are you, are you getting down on your knees and saying, Lord, I need you. I, I wanna belong to you, but it's dark. And I, I can't see the light. And I need you to come into my life. I need you to speak over me. I need you to speak those words that Jesus spoke when he calmed the storm and he said, peace. Be still. Are you turning to the addictions and the bad habits? Or are you turning to a God who ushered in light to the universe and looks over your waves and looks over your storms and says, peace, be still. 
I have a four-year-old daughter. Her name is Lavender Sophia Barker. And I love her, and I don't know where she gets all this, but it's probably from me, it might be from mom. But she, she looks and she says, hi, I'm Lavender Sophia Barker. And if you don't get her name all the way correct, she'll go, no, it's Lavender Sophia Barker. Very meticulous. And she's, she's my heart, she's everything to me. I, I love her to death. And, and every night we get down and I say, it's time for bed, sweetie. And she says, daddy, will you snuggle with me? She's four and she still wants to snuggle. So daddy gives them to her. I said, yeah, baby, daddy will snuggle with you. And so I get down and we begin talking. And as we begin talking, she looks at me and she says, daddy, she says, tell me a Jesus story. Tell me about Jesus. And it's getting hard now because I've told her like 20 and she's heard them. And she goes, tell me a new one. So I'm doing all this from memory every night. It's challenging me as much as it's challenging her. And so I said, okay, well, Jesus was, she said, dad, you're doing it wrong. Okay, here's what you have to understand about a four-year-old. If you don't say once upon a time, the story doesn't count. And so I said, Once upon a time, Jesus was in a boat. But I'll tell you what, I talked her into telling it for you. So we're actually going to take a moment and we're going to let Lavender Sophia Barker tell you a Jesus story. So once upon a time, Jesus was on a boat and Jesus um, was like a slave. Maybe you're here today and you're like the disciples. You're in the storm, you're in the dark, chaos is looming all around you and you're screaming out to a God and you're going, do you even care? Do you even care that I'm going down? Do you even care that I'm a wreck right now? Do you even care that I'm a mess right now? And I feel like sometimes, 
I want to look at Jesus and see how he might have responded to this stuff, because I feel like he might have chuckled a little. So do you even care that we're going to drown? And he goes, oh, guys, oh, ye of little faith. Hold on, let me go have a talk with the wind and the waves. Let me go settle them down. And I feel like maybe he walked out to the edge of the boat, says, listen, guys, you're scaring my boys. So I know you're raging right now, but I need you to settle down. Peace be still. We serve a God today that deeply wants to know you and to love you. And on your darkest days in your deepest chaos, he stands at the edge of your storm and he says, peace be still. And he loves you and he knows you by name. But here's what I love. As he walks away from the boat, as he walks away from the edge of the boat, the disciples look at one another and they said, who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? This is my biggest challenge for you today. Who do you belong to and who do you serve? What are you doing with it? We all go through storms and we all go through trials and we all go through struggles, but they have a purpose. I love what Paul says in this passage of scripture in verse 23. He says, for last night, an angel of the God whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. You might be in the thick of it right now, but God is beside you. His angels are encamped around you and he's not going to let anything happen to you. He's got you. You are safe with him. You can trust him. You can count on him. Here's the last thing I want you to see today. Your storm is for other people. Your storm is for other people. I had a gentleman in my congregation he had COVID um, and he's in, he was in his 70s and he had COVID really bad, really bad. And his wife called me and she says, Jacob, I'm worried about him. I said, okay, okay. And she goes, would you call him? I said, absolutely. And so I called him and I, and I got on the phone and I called to his hospital room. I said, hey man, how you doing? Oh, not too great. I'm struggling. I said, I know you are said, you need to shift your focus. I said, I know you're worried about yourself right now. And I said, with good reason, I understand that. I said, but shift your focus. He says, what do you mean? I said, your nurses are taking care of you. Why don't you ask to pray for your nurses? I'll try, I'll try. And so here's this man in his mid seventies fighting for his life with COVID. And we couldn't go visit him. And so our church rallied behind him and we began praying for him. And we sent him letters and we sent him scriptures to encourage him. And he was in the middle of the storm. God healed him. He came through it. For all intents and purposes, everything was stacked against him and he beat it and he came through it and he came up to me about a month later at church and he said, you know, I took your advice 
While I was in the hospital, I asked one of my nurses, can I pray for you? And she said that was the first time a patient had asked to pray for her in 25 years of serving. You see, in the middle of his storm, he changed his focus to other people and his storm became a blessing for someone else. God healed him, God brought him through and he still is a great testimony of faithfulness in our church, a great man of God in our church. But this is what Acts 27, 24 says. It says, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. Scripture says this in Revelations 12, 11, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. If I could say one thing to you, I would tell you that there is power in your testimony. Your storms are not wasted. They have a purpose. They've brought you through something. They've perfected your faith. They've declared that you belong to God. They declare that you serve God and they can be a testimony that someone else deeply needs in order to encounter an almighty God. Maybe your testimony is the peace be still that someone else needs to hear. And so we share it and we share it boldly, but it's hard because when we're in our storms, we focus on ourselves. And so we have to shift our focus. But this is the goodness of God, that out of our shipwrecks and chaos, God would bring about hope and blessing, not just for you, but for all those who come in contact with you, for others like you who have struggled with the same things. You coming through these storms, your hope in the darkness, your light in the darkness, as the worship team sang, he's our way maker. He's our light in the darkness. He's our God that walks in and says, peace, be still. It's been my prayer all week. Lord, calm my anxious heart. Give me peace. I've heard it said that you are either going into a storm, you're in a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. So as I look over the audience, as beautiful as you are, you're in one of those three places. And maybe you're coming out of a storm I would encourage you to start sharing your testimony. Share your testimony with anybody who will listen because there will come a day when you will begin to move back into a storm and you'll need that faith that you've been perfecting in the off season. Stay the course, stay the course. But as I leave you here today, I wanna ask you the question, to whom do you belong? And to whom do you serve? We all have ways of dealing with our problems. We all have ways of dealing with our struggles. But who you belong to and who you serve will define your whole life. He is our light in the darkness. He is our God who steps forward and he steps to the edge of our storm and he says, peace be still. He's for you today. 
and he loves you with a deep, everlasting love, and he will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. His light cannot be overcome. Scripture says this in the book of John. It says that his light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot extinguish it. You can't put his light out. His peace cannot be overcome. His power cannot be matched. I mean, for goodness sakes, the winds and the waves obey him. Do we understand the, the kind of power we, we serve? The God we serve, he is big and he is mighty. And here's what's great, he's for you. And he wants to see you do good. And he wants to bless you. And he wants to strengthen you. I'm gonna ask that you would stand today. As you stand today, I wanna ask that question over and over and over. And I want it to, to stick in your mind all week. Because it's a question that I keep asking in my heart all week. Who do I belong to and who do I serve? Now you might say it with your mouth, I belong to Jesus, I serve Jesus. But actions speak louder than words. And so I'm asking you to define that today. Who do you belong to and who do you serve? Maybe you've been in the church your whole life and you're, you're steadfast and, and you're sure and you belong to God. But maybe you're here today and maybe you're in the midst of a storm and maybe you're unsure and maybe you can't see the light in the darkness and maybe you're praying that he's real, but you haven't seen him. I'm here today. I'm here today that he is to tell you that he is looking at you right now and he is saying, come to me, all who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will look into your storm and I will say, peace, be still. I'm gonna pray a prayer for you today. And as I pray this prayer, maybe you say, this is for me. And if it's the first time that you've ever heard this and you say, this is for me, we wanna, we wanna lead you to Jesus. Bow your heads with me. Dear Lord God, we don't know where everybody's at. They're either, they're either coming into a storm, they're in the thick of it, or they're walking out of a storm, Lord God. But we know that you are a God who says, peace be still. Lord, if there is anyone out there today who doesn't know the love of your son, Jesus Christ, we would ask that they would step into the light, the light of your son, Jesus, who gave up heaven. It's a simple prayer. It's Lord Jesus, I'm in the middle of it. I'm hurting, I'm broken, I've messed up. I haven't listened to good advice and I'm in the darkness. But the storm is more than I can handle. Dear Jesus, I desire to know you. I desire to belong to you. I desire to serve you. Lord, cleanse me of all my sin and become the savior of my life.
In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As I prayed that today, if, if you heard me and you said, you know what, that's for me. We want you to know that God loves you and you are saved. You are safe in the arms of a God who says, peace be still. As we worship in this song, if he's your way maker, I want you to sing it like you've never sang it before. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at thenaz.church.